This episode is brought to you by the Love What You Do Collective two-day business mastermind. If you are ready to step into 2019 and make sure this year is your best year yet in business, then why not join the mastermind and surround yourself with incredible powerhouse women who are ready to up-level their mindset, their motivation, and their business and life for 2019. Join us for two full days of jam-packed experiences, connections, collaborations, and amazing guest speakers. You can find out all the information via my website at periscopecoaching.com.au slash mastermind. And now let's jump into the episode. Welcome to the Next Level Life podcast with Christine Corcoran, where I talk all things mindset, motivation, and entrepreneurship. Each week, I will endeavor to bring you a new episode with a thought, insight, or interview with an inspiring thought leader or successful business owner, all about taking your life and business to the next level. Each episode is designed to open up your mind to a new perspective and inspire you to live your life with purpose and passion. Ready to get started? Let's go. Welcome to the next episode of the Next Level Life podcast. Today's episode is a conversation with Jodie and Reese from Practical Intimacy, and it's all about sex, conflict, relationships, and working together in your own business. It is such a great conversation because Jodie and Reese are intimacy coaches for couples. And they are on a mission to transform how people do relationships. Through their one-on-one coaching practice, couples mentoring, online courses, and their blog, they help men and women all over the world to create deeply fulfilling intimacy, striving long-term connection, and a super hot sex life. Their fresh and relatable approach has seen them work with clients across Australia and abroad, and their articles have been featured on sites such as The Huffington Post, Mind Body Green, Living Now, and Raw Attraction. Today's exciting episode delves into so much, and even if you're not in a relationship right now, it is actually a really great conversation, and you can all the tips and practical tools can be used for all forms of relationships. So with your boss, with your business partnerships, with your clients, like it can be translated to all different relationships. So we cover everything from practical tips to improve communication and connection with your partner, and how to ask them to work on your relationship with a professional expectations in relationships, smashing relationship myths like twin flames and finding the one, how to create a co-creative relationship, dealing with cliches and unicorns when it comes to starting an online business, the main problems they see that affect relationships in today's society and culture, how to run a business without ruining your relationship with your partner, understanding that under every criticism is a yearning for more, and the self-awareness that we need to create and you know, be able to move past that old cliche of compromise and move and strive for connection. And so it's time that I'd love to introduce you to Jodie and Reese. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jodie and Reese from Practical Intimacy. I'm so excited to jump into this conversation and hear all about your business and everything that you've accomplished over the last four years. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, yeah nice to be here. Thanks so much for having us. <laughs> it's my pleasure. So this is a great conversation talking all about relationships and it's so key because I think relationships are such a huge part of our life experience. So can you tell us a little bit about how practical intimacy got started? Yeah, absolutely. For us, the story of practical intimacy is really the story of our relationship and how our relationship got started. So for us, that was just over six years ago. We just had our six-year anniversary the other day. Mm. Um, And basically, when we first met, we were both pretty jaded about relationships. So Reese had just come out of a seven-year relationship. Seven-year relationship, yeah. Um, My relationship 
I think we've been together for maybe four or five years and we just both had the experience of losing ourselves in our relationship. So for me, I just had that feeling that I didn't know who I was anymore. I'd really lost the things that lit me up, that I was passionate about. And in, in my experience at the time, it felt like my partner was controlling me or not allowing me to do things, which wasn't the case. It was me not knowing how to really be myself in relationship. And so you can imagine how much strain that put on the relationship. We were fighting a lot. We didn't know how to resolve conflict. And so eventually that relationship fell apart. And for you, you've kind of been in a similar situation. Yeah, I think coming out of that relationship and just having the big realization of how much I'd lost myself in that relationship and really a lot of um, the healing work that came after that was around developing my relationship with myself and how do I get back to being that person who I want to be in the world that I'd given up um, unconsciously being in relationship. And so when Jody and I first got together, that was really one of the defining characteristics of how do I stay true to myself? Like how do I really prioritize my relationship with myself and at the same time be open to exploring relationship with another person? So it's not an either or thing, but it's both. And I think like a, like a lot of people who, who run like passion businesses, our business really grew out of this personal development work that we were doing as individuals and as a couple in a relationship together. So we actually spent the next couple of years traveling around the world, just learning everything that we could about relationships, not with the intention to start a business, but just so that we could optimize this relationship so that we weren't going back to having those old styles of relationships where we lost ourselves, where we didn't have sex for months or years on end, and so it was really like for us first and foremost. So, you know, taking courses, reading books, doing workshops and just doing all the personal development work to really learn how to make relationships rock. At the end of that, we kind of had the realization of, hey, we, we're really nailing this relationship thing. And it, it just grew out of that and the desire to, hey, maybe this is, we're onto something here and we should be sharing this with other people. And that's really how Practical Intimacy was born. Because a lot of what we found was like, wow, there's actually a bit of a, a science to this. So much of, of what we're taught about relationships is inaccurate. Um, but when you challenge some of those myths, it opens, opens up so much more possibility for really valuable, nourishing, rich relationships. And then there's just a whole a lot of stuff that we just were never taught at all. I mean, we don't get much of a relationship. It's not relationship education. It's not really a subject in school. And I would kind of do a very small bit of sex education, but it's also not great. Um, and so there's just so much we don't know. But once you learn, there's a few simple tools and you know, we've developed a bit of a framework, it's actually much easier than you think. And so once you kind of, once we knew that, it just felt like, well, everybody needs to know this. Mm. Massive. Yeah. So I would actually really love to know, was there key things that you both individually had to work on yourselves through that journey of understanding all of that? What would, would you be able to share just one or two things that you worked on personally? Absolutely. For me, one of the biggest things was challenging this myth of, I just need to find the right person. Mm. So I had, I had always lived with that. I just need to find the right person, which sounds 
okay when you first look at it, but actually it's kind of just an adult version of, I just need to meet my fairy tale prince and then we'll ride off into the sunset together and everything will be fine. Um, it's, yes, you want to meet somebody who you're compatible with and, and who you have shared values, but it's more than just you meet the right person and then it's easy and that's it. Like you don't have to do anything else. And that really came up for us when things got tough, when this relationship, when we did have an argument or when we went through a phase of not having sex or when I started to feel smothered or lost in the relationship again, I just would think, oh, well, he's not the right person for me. Clearly I haven't found the right person and I'm out of here. Like I used to, for me, running away um, and just cutting cutting ties as soon as things got tough was a real pattern that I had to come up against and I had to face. And I basically had to make the choice of is this relationship worth working on? Is this relationship worth going deep for? And is this relationship worth what we call meaningful endurance? Like enduring the challenging times mm. because there is a bigger vision or a bigger meaning behind what this relationship gives me. And so that was a massive changing point for me. And I really had to own the fact that I did just run away when things got hard or I would shut down or close off and, and really facing my own fairy tale myths of what a perfect relationship looked like. Yeah. Um, wow. Massive. And I think too, like what you were saying about endurance, like I think now divorce has become so normal that it's like, well, if it's not working, then we divorce. Whereas if it's like, when you think back, like I think back to my parents, like they're happily married for, I don't even know how many years now, but a really long time. And it's going through those hard times and those hard times that actually made them stronger. When I look back at the challenges that they've been through and we've had six kids for God's sakes. And mm -hmm. you know, that endurance I think is just, it's not like anything with the way that society goes with instant gratification. We want it all now. And if it's not great, then we throw it out. Right. So it's like, that constant, um, what's the word, like, like the, like the way that we use things and just throw them out when they're, when they're used. Like it's, yeah, yeah, disposable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was going to say just a clarification with the endurance is the, the meaningful part is really important because, you know, sometimes divorce is a really good idea mm. and, and sometimes there are relationships where the endurance is meaningless, but that's where you're just putting up with shit. Um, and that's not necessarily a good idea, but the meaningful endurance is something that I think we definitely as a culture have forgotten. And once you know how to, how to endure meaningfully, then it does in many ways carry you through and, as you say, make your relationship stronger. Mm, amazing. So what would you say yours would be, Reese? Uh, a couple of things come to mind in response to this. The first was remaining committed to my passions. Mm. Yeah. Because I, I realized that in my past relationships, there was a tendency for me to put my own needs aside. And it wasn't a conscious decision, but I would always make the relationship my priority. And my partner had never asked me to do that. But just through my own psychology and the way that I'm wired as a person that, yeah, I would just yeah put my own needs to the side and just give up myself to be in the relationship so yeah meaningful endurance in a way um but learning how to bring myself back into that to still recognize that relationships are a priority for me and you know they contribute to my well-being in a, in a huge way 
And at the same time, how do I stay committed to my own vision, to my own passions, to the, the things that fill me up as an individual? So I'm not having that experience of losing myself in a relationship. Mm, I think we've all been in a situation like that or, or had mm -hmm. friends and you can see them actually do that where they just forget who they are and it's all about yeah. their partner and you just think, hang on a minute, you get to have a choice too and you also get to choose what makes you happy. Like there's yeah. so many, so I see that happen a lot. So what would you say um, some of the common problems you find that couples have that they're experiencing when they come to you? Ooh, where do we start? <laughs> <laughs> I think communication, which I know sounds so disposable, but there's a couple of key themes within communication that we see a lot um, that we'll speak specifically to. I think a lot of the time we don't know what quality communication looks like. We might be talking at each other a lot. We might be saying a lot of things, but we're not really understanding each other and we're not really getting to the heart of the issue. And so the way that can play out is quite often that someone will turn to their partner and say, here's this thing that's going on for me. And their partner will go straight into fixing mm. and they'll try and fix the problem. And then it's like, you're not listening to me. You know, you, why, why are you listening? They're like, I am listening. I'm offering you solutions. Of course I'm listening. And there's that sense of like, just not getting each other, not feeling like they're being, often we hear people say, you know, I don't feel met by my partner. And then that creates a lot of really heartbreaking conflict that sense of we're not on the same page we don't get each other that frustration and so we we help couples deal with that first and foremost communication is really important and that that really impacts every aspect of a relationship is, is knowing how to handle conflict so quite often when couples come to see us they're kind of ground down by conflict they're ground down mm. by miscommunication they're feeling ground down because they they don't feel like they're on the same page and that's quite distressing to yeah. feel like you're not on the same page as your partner. Yeah, I think in, in terms of that, like what brings people to us, like what are the problems that people are experiencing is just this whole notion of intimacy. And, you know, when we talk about intimacy, most people assume that we're speaking about sexual intimacy. And we use those words synonymously, like intimacy equals sex. And we take a much broader definition of intimacy in terms of intimacy is just the, the quality of connection in your relationship, which can be sexual, absolutely, which is a huge part of relationships and sexual intimacy. But just on that day-to-day -day, how met and how understood do you feel? How, how much do you feel like you get each other? How much do you feel like you're on the same team and that you're working together towards a shared vision? that's really the problem that brings people to us of just this lack of intimacy, this lack of quality connection. And like we have this saying that most problems that couples are experiencing are problems of connection, mm. especially in terms of communication. Like, you know, as Jody said, we can be talking at each other. We can be complaining about all these things that are going on. Where think we, we think we're communicating, but at the heart of that is just a real lack of connecting with one another and really having the tools to be able to get beyond the surface problem, the thing we think mm. we're arguing about or the thing we think we're trying to solve and just get back to that place that the heart of it is like, oh, we are on the same team. How do we make this about us versus the problem instead of my problem versus your problem and we're on opposite sides, we've, we've drawn the battle lines, how do we come together and, and solve this problem together 
from being on the same team instead of being against each other. Total conflict resolution. <laughs> yeah. 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 And sometimes for people that's just experienced as a yearning, they just have this yearning for more, more depth in their relationship, more intimacy, more connection, as we said, more quality time together. Um, and that, that is just that, that yearning. And sometimes it's also the yearning for more sex, for more sexual connection. Um, or sometimes it's a yearning for the conflict to stop. But often it's just that feeling of like, this isn't, this isn't all that it could be. And that's what really brings our clients to us. Mm, amazing. So what is it that you love about what you do? What's your, what's your favorite part? <laughs> we, get to, we get to have couples come to us and they're in this place of like they, they, they don't feel on the same page. They're fighting. They feel like they've lost the love. And we get to be with them when they feel that love again. Like when we, we see it, we see them look at each other with that sense of understanding. We get to see them go from fighting to being in love again. We have just recently there was a client who said, before it was like they, at this point, like we just don't like each other. We just don't like each other anymore. They've been together maybe 15 years. Wow. To, after about a month of working to us, he, he brought tears to my eyes. He said, now that I feel that I have the respect of my woman, I would go to the moon and back for her. I would do anything for her. And we knew that they felt that way before, but they couldn't see it. Mm. And when we get to see them see it, it's just, it's the best. Mm. It's, it's always interesting because when we have a couple sat in front of us, we can see the love between them. Mm. We can see very clearly what has kept them together and what continues to keep them together. And, you know, but like most people, when we have problems and when we have disconnection in our lives, that's all we're focused mm. on. And so that's all we're, we're feeding the problem. And yeah, to, to see them go from just being so focused on the problem, even while so much love and intimacy and connection is there, but they don't realize it, to then it's recognition is the word that's coming up for me in this, when they get to recognize and really see each other again and the relaxation that happens in them and the, and the softening. And again, just the way that they look at each other and the way they speak to each other. It's like, ah, yes, <laughs> so you, you can see what we see now. I think probably, I think the word is probably transformation because mm. we also do work one-on-one um, -on -one with clients some of our clients aren't in relationships we also work with single people and it's a similar thing that we're helping them create transformation and we get to walk side by side with them as they create transformation in their life whether that transformation is around feeling more confident in their jobs whether that transformation is around healing from a recent breakup whether that transformation is around just being more full power in their own life and I think that's just the greatest gift on earth that we get to do that with people is so beautiful. Yeah. I work with women, Reese works with men, and it's just we both feel that way. It's such an honour. Yeah. I love that dynamic to be able to go and work with a couple with a couple. Like I think that dynamic yeah. works so well together. And I, I would love to, not to dive back into what we were talking about before, but I would love to know a little bit more about what you feel is the key things that gets people to that stage of conflict where, you know, the need to be right and those constant conflicts mm -hmm. that are happening in a relationship. What are some key things that you feel 
that a couple really needs to work on to be able to move through that and work past it. Because I think one of the key things is there's such a stigma around counselling here in Australia and getting help, whereas mm -hmm. what you guys do is so different to counselling and yeah. it's understanding that there's so much more that goes into a, a conversation or a conflict. It's not just about that, like you were saying, it's not just about that one argument they're having right then and there. I think, you know, we need to put this conversation in context in terms of we grow up and we get programmed by media, by culture, by our family, by our parents about how to do relationships. And this is never explicit. It's implicit. It's just the context in which we, we just absorb this stuff by osmosis. And most of it is really unhealthy. Like, let's be straight up about that. Even if our parents had a really good relationship, often they're not, they're not modeling the, the greatest tools and techniques and mindsets and habits and ways of doing relationship. So we get exposed to that growing up and then we become adults and we're just kind of pushed out of the nest into the world. And it's like, now go have healthy functioning relationships and a healthy functioning sex life with receiving no education or no help on how to do that. So that's what we're all working with here. No tools, no techniques, just some unconscious stuff that we've picked up. And most of us are just bumbling our way through it. And also with the expectation that we should just know how to do it. Mm. And this is what trips us up. And this is why it's so difficult to reach out and ask for help because of that expectation of, oh, you're just supposed to know. And the shame and the guilt a lot of people feel when, if I'm just supposed to know this, but when I look at the quality of my relationships and I look at how things are going between us and it's not working, What's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? Mm. And as soon as we ask that question of ourselves, our mind finds all the reasons that we are doing something wrong, which just compounds the guilt and shame, which makes it the hardest thing in the world to reach out and ask for help mm. and support. Yeah, it's, it's that sense that we're reaching out because we're broken, which is really not how we see it. We really see you know, the couples that are reaching out to us are doing so because they want to be awesome. You know, it's, it's not about I'm broken and we need to be fixed. It's like, let's, let's get awesome tools so we can be more awesome. Uh, let's work on ourselves. You know, in the same way that you don't go to a PT because you're broken, you go to a PT because you want to be stronger. And so we really do kind of like to flip the script on this around what it means to go in and get relationship coaching. It's not about being broken. It's about being stronger. And it's about finding ways to create the dream of your relationship that can also be fun. It's part of what we do with practical intimacy in our brand is we want this to be fun. We want it to be real. We want it to be practical and, and relatable. Mm. And do you find it's more the women that are driving the coming to the coaching sessions or is it a mix or? Yeah, it's, it's kind of tricky. I think probably women are more often the instigators. And I think that's really a reflection of the amount of shame men have, you know, in our culture, how we tell men not to have feelings, you know, to not, they're supposed to be really strong and never need help. And it's just that extra kind of heaping of that shame and guilt and sort of failure conditioning that Reese was talking about that I think really does prevent men from reaching out. And I think women have probably, it's, it's, we have more of a culture of women going and, and doing workshops and going to groups together and women's circles. And we do have a culture of personal development for women a lot more than we do for men, particularly in Australia. Mm. I feel like it's made different in other countries. We have clients in the US and I feel like 
the men are a lot more mm. eager to work with you than here in Australia. I think we think we have a particularly oppressive culture for men. It's, it's often the case we've found that, yes, the woman will be the instigator um, because of all the reasons that Jody mentioned, and she'll often drag the partner somewhat unwillingly uh, in, into our coaching or into working with us. And it's always interesting because very quickly he's like, oh, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Like I'm learning, I'm learning skills and I'm learning tools and I'm learning mindsets that help me get what I want that help me connect with my partner and oh my god now that I know how to listen to her we're having more sex oh, this is great like come on, show me more so yeah it, it's always a very funny progression in that way of like we know how awesome the work is and how relatable and how approachable it is but there's just that uh, often that little hurdle or barrier for guys of oh I don't know about this it's a little bit weird what are these guys on about I have to talk about my feelings and that kind of stuff but once they experience the results, it's like, oh, I get to have, I get to get and have what I want. Mm. Oh my God. Fantastic. I also feel like we have a bit of a joke that Reese always develops these like little bromances <laughs> with his clients. And often the men are the ones who are like, I actually want to continue working with Reese um, because I, I don't think men get many outlets to mm, sit true. and talk about this stuff. Mm. Um, having said all that, we absolutely do get men who are, kicking you know bringing their partner kicking and screaming as well like it goes both ways right like and i really do want to acknowledge those men that especially if they're listening by any chance that that are the instigators in their relationship and that are really driving the forward growth because we absolutely do have um those men as well and Mm. in many ways that i do feel that they're at the forefront because they are resisting this this culture and their stigma Mm. it's awesome just a shout out to those (laughs) men like you're amazing yeah yeah but I would actually love to hear from you, Reese. If, if there's any advice that you'd be able to give women who really want to get their partner to working with a coach, working with you guys, what would you say would be a good way to broach the subject or to guide them into look, mm. looking at it as a possibility? Mm, cool. Good question. Ooh, this is a juicy one. <laughs> um, okay, so the intention to want to work on your relationship is a noble one because it's, it's the very clear recognition that, hey, there's problems in our relationship. Hey, there is things that I would like to work on. Or even alternatively to that, I feel like there's more for us. So I just want to acknowledge that the intention is a, a beautiful, genuine, powerful one. Unfortunately, what tends to happen is that it's spoken in a way where Good intentions aside, it can come across as pressuring, expectation, and badgering. And what I've noticed is that you know, most men are very, very sensitive to perceived criticism. So even though the intention is genuine, hey, I want to work on our relationship, even stating it in that way, most men are going to interpret that as you're not doing it right. There's something wrong with you. You need to get help. And so just understanding that men are incredibly sensitive about perceived criticism. And so if we can understand that, it's about how do we communicate in a way that's empathic, compassionate, understanding, and that it's an invitation instead of an obligation or expectation. Mm -hmm. And so one of the ways that we can do that, to give some really practical examples here, is stating it in terms of, what your desire is 
So for the women, it's about stating it in terms of, I would really love for us to be more connected. I feel a yearning to be more intimate. We have this saying about underneath every criticism is a yearning, the yearning beneath the complaint, the desire beneath the complaint. So if you're wanting him to be more involved in the relationship, if you're wanting to sort of step in and help co-create this, then speaking that in terms of your desire, I, I really want us to go deeper. I'd love to feel like I can connect with you more. And that makes it an invitation instead of an obligation or an expectation, which is going to be received in a much cleaner way. And it's not necessarily that he will be all of a sudden, yes, I'm totally on board. You know, there will still need to be a dialogue there and it's still a very gently, gently approach, but just, yeah, being very clear in that it's an invitation instead of an expectation. I think something else to add to that is also taking ownership of, like for the women, to take ownership of this is something you want to do for you. Um, and as opposed to saying, like, you need to want to do it too, I think it's sometimes where we can fall into a trap. But I want to do this thing. I'm interested in exploring this. And as Reese says, it doesn't have to come from it because this is broken. It's just this, I want to grow. Um, using that PT analogy again, like, I want us to be even stronger because, like, we've got worlds to conquer together. And would you be willing to support me on that journey? Because he might not want to go and do coaching or he might not want to work on his relationship, but he wants to support you. And if it's important to you and you can own that, quite often we shy away from owning the things that we want. We feel shame about them. We feel embarrassed. It's about owning it. This is something that I want and I would love your support. Mm. And again, as Reese says, that's an invitation. And if, he, if the answer is still no, you still go do the thing. This is why often we do work, I work with women, even though they're in a relationship, but their partner doesn't want to do the work. That doesn't mean you can't do the work. And it is just taking that radical responsibility for what you want. And do you find then in that case where they are working on, their, on themselves and creating that growth for themselves, that there becomes any form of disconnect? Because I, I do notice with, even with some of my business coaching clients, like the ones that are in relationships, I've got to make sure that I check in with what's happening with that as well because there's so much growth that we do throughout my program that there's got to be that check-in and otherwise there comes a time where the partner feels like well, you're changing. This is, yeah. you know, you're different now. Like what's, how do you gauge that and how do you support them through that? Well, because a lot of what we teach is about communication and we're really encouraging them to be communicating through the whole process. And because we are focused on the relationship, there is that constant interaction and that, that constant communication. Um, and it's not just about working on oneself isolated from the relationship. It's about working on your 50% of the relationship. So that does have an impact on the relationship. The relationship changes, but it's not about going off and, and doing it like, you know, on the top of a, a mountain in Tibet and isolating. It's still very much within the relationship. But the key is that communication. So he feels like he's also still involved in that process as well. There's also a common misconception that when one person is doing the work and this is especially prevalent um, with women who are doing a lot of that personal development work that he needs to be doing it like on his individual journey. He needs to be going to the workshops. He needs to be doing the things. And there's this, yeah, this un unspoken expectation and assumption that that's what it looks like to be met mm. or to be on the same level. And I think a big part of what we do is like calling that out in that 
yeah, there's just this huge expectation about what he's supposed to look like. And it's, it's often this way of the person who is doing the work of really kind of, I don't know, avoiding themselves in a way. It's like, oh, it, it's, it, it's only a co-creative relationship if he's doing all the workshops as well. And so what we do is just like, again, it's like, yeah, that hundred percent responsibility for 50% of the problem. But this also ties back into that prioritizing your own self-development journey and being comfortable with difference in your relationship. And so that it's okay if he's not doing the work the way that you're doing the work. Because as we've been speaking about, just one person focusing 100% on their 50% of the problem is going to change the relationship dynamic a lot. Mm. And in some ways, it's going to make the other person uncomfortable. But in a lot of ways, it's going to make the relationship work a lot better because it only takes one person mm. to completely transform a relationship. Mm. So we're really calling out that assumption that it's supposed to look a certain way for mm. him to be meeting you or stepping up. Now he's in this well, giving the example of I'm working with her and he's not going on the journey. Um, he is going on the journey because the relationship is changing. It's mm. just that he's not getting the same type of support. He might be getting his support elsewhere. He might be getting his support by going surfing. He might get his support by doing his stuff and his work. You know, a lot of the time we find that for men, it's like their personal development is their career. And as I'm sure you know, and all of the people that you work with, like working on your, your business and your career will grow you. That's a type of personal development. It doesn't have to look like a tantra workshop. Uh, and so, yeah, recognizing that we each have our individual way of doing that growth and it is respecting and seeing that and honoring that in our partners as well. Because mm. it's often, it can also too come from a place of wanting to change someone. And it's like, well, yeah. there's, there's no need to change someone and being able to recognize that you've got to do the work yourself, but also notice that change, trying to change someone is like literally wasting your time. <laughs> Can't be done. Yeah, it's almost always going to be met with resistance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, what would you say are some of the big myths that come into some of your coaching that people come to you with that you just like got to just squash this? I think the one that you began with in terms yeah. of the one. Yeah. That and you know this shows up in so many different ways and it's mm -hmm. especially prevalent at the moment. Yeah, like the one or the twin flame is, is the other way that it's spoken about lately. It's this assumption that if I just meet the perfect person, mm -hmm. then it'll just flow and I won't have to work on it and it'll all be right. And from our experience, it's complete bullshit. Yeah. Because like no matter how well matched you may be or how well aligned in terms of your values or your life path or how you live your life, there is always going to be conflict. Mm. And so I guess that's one of the other myths as well, that if we can get to a certain level of relationship, then there'll be no more conflict. And, you know, just like your career, your relationship is continually evolving. And as long as you're alive, it's going to continue bringing up your shit. Mm. Like the, there's, there's very few greater arenas for personal development than your relationship. And it's about how do I see it as a practice? How do I approach my relationship in a way in full knowledge that it's going to continue to bring up all of my stuff. It's going to continue to show me the places where I'm not honoring myself or where I'm not honoring another. And how do I just make the commitment to showing up and facing that when it comes up? 
and that it's not a destination, right? It's a journey. Yeah. 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 So I would love to know more about your experience with the fact that you guys work together at the same time as being in a relationship. <laughs> imagine that that would bring up even more stuff. So tell us a little bit about your journey by how you, how you do that. So I think this flows on very well from the question you just asked about myths. Uh, so the idea that differences are, are, are bad, you know, or that, that opposites attract or that we, we're all supposed to be the same. For the most part, we are attracted to, to our sameness, but we will always have those areas of difference. And that's something to be celebrated. But working together, those differences really can be challenging. <laughs> like we do have, we are very different in many ways. The sameness by far exceeds the difference, but that difference becomes so much more visible. So I, one, of the, one of the key things I think for me is like I'm, I like to kind of gallop up front. Like I'm very like speed of, of implementation and let's do this thing and like let's set a really quick deadline and, you know, I'm always really looking forward and let's do the next thing and, and dream big and go, 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 right? <laughs> Which is, you know, on the flip side, a recipe for burnout is something I have struggled with my whole life. Reese, on the other hand, is tends to like really think deeply and he's about quality and consideration and can like slowly, slowly, let's take our time. And you can imagine <laughs> when we're having some kind of business brainstorming meeting, how that can be. I can be really frustrated. I'm like, oh my God, why is this taking so long? Just make a decision already. Let's go. And Reese is like, I'm feeling pressured to go faster here. Yeah. So something we have really had to learn is how to use our differences as our strengths. Mm. Actually learn to collaborate and respect the fact that we are different and to see, like I now respect that Reese is there slowing me down and that's a good thing. I don't need to be a million miles ahead galloping as fast as I can, like pulling on the reins, that <laughs> um, actually, and I've seen it time and time again, we will create better quality work. It will feel better in the process if I allow Reese to set the pace a little more and then vice versa. Yeah. I think for me within this context of leaning into the uncomfortableness and leaning into my edge, like for both of us in that. Mm. So for me, noticing that my default or my habit is to be very slow. It's like, let's consider this and let's think of all the ramifications and all the possibilities and what does that mean? And, and at the same time, it's like, let's have this feel good as well. Yeah. And so the growth edge for me is, yeah, understanding that I'm, I'm a, like a comfort and security seeker in that way. And it feels really uncomfortable for me. Like, let's go gallop and let's do this exciting thing. It's like, whoa, overstimulating. Yeah. And there's also a lot for me to learn in that as well, because I don't want to just indulge the things that I'm comfortable with. I very much realize that, that there is more for me to learn. So being able to push a little bit in, lean a little bit in and go a little faster than maybe I'm comfortable with. It's like, Oh wow. Yeah. We, we can just do that thing in a day instead of a month. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> that's great. Mm. Yay. And we call that collaboration and that, that we really recognize that our differences are complementary, and that that's actually a really great strength. It's also the ability to want to find common ground yeah. instead of, again, like digging into our sides and this is the way I do things and that's the way you do things. And, you know, we have this saying, fuck compromise, let's collaborate. Mm. 
because compromise brings up images of I have to, we both have to lose something in order to just get along. Mm. It's like, oh, that's a crap model. Mm. Like, I don't want to have to give up something just so it can be agreeable. Mm. Like, let's take the time to really find a way that it feels good and sometimes a little scary and exciting, but that we're honoring our strengths and we're leaning into our uncomfortable growth edges and it, everyone's empowered in that. And yeah, it's a real creation collaboration. I think one of the key things for me that has allowed me to do that, one of my blocks that I've had to move through is the always being right. <laughs> uh, like I have an addiction to being right. And in, most people do. Yeah. I mean, I, you mentioned that before. It's really an, an identity thing. We, we tie our opinions to our identity. So when someone challenges our opinions, we think they're challenging our identity to our ego that feels like death. And so suddenly it's a battle. Um, but for me, recognizing like, wow, maybe my way isn't the right way. Maybe Reese's way is the right way. Maybe there is no right way, but let's just entertain the idea that we're all right. And that has helped me to collaborate far more. Whereas before I was like, I have to compromise because my idea is right and I have to let it go. If I kind of sit there and challenge, and I don't do it perfectly, often we might be like a good 20 minutes into an argument where I'm like, oh, hang on a sec. Is this actually the right way? Maybe not. What if I'm completely wrong? And just challenging myself like that has allowed me to compromise or let go of things freely and with joy and with happiness because I can actually say, no, you're right. That is the best way forward here. Cool. Let's do that then. So I feel like that collaboration has been a just huge learning for us. There is one more. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely love that because that is easily translated to any form of relationship, like going back to just a normal relationship and having that beautiful collaboration and allowing your passions to come into it and that you're both, you know, allowing that to happen and respecting other people's strengths and other people's passions. Mm -hmm. But then also too in a working relationship, whether you're in a relationship with the person or it's just your boss or it's just Mm -hmm. another teammate and respecting their strengths and their timing and their patterns and having that awareness. I think that awareness is massive. That's awesome. Yeah. It's the same tools in any relationship. Mm -hmm. It's like take the time to get curious about each other. Take the time to really get underneath what you think, what you're what you're fighting about. Like again, make connection the priority. Mm -hmm. And when you're in connections, like there's almost always a way to work together. And it has this added benefit of I respect you more and I love you more because I see, I see the ways that you're different. I get to, you know, I, I learn from him. And as opposed to feeling like we're in opposition, I'm like, wow, you know, there's this whole universe going on in there and this man is capable as opposed to thinking I'm right, he's wrong. When I, sh- when I flip the script, it's like, oh, actually, he's really capable like, I love seeing my partner be capable. That's really sexy. And so it, it can actually help us to come back to connection and, and deepen respect and admiration for each other. Mm. So it's so important. Like, honestly, in cultivating any form of relationship, I think that, that is, that's key. And then the other person actually feels heard, like you were saying earlier, like that key core need to actually feel like we're being understood and, and heard, that allows that to happen. And the other person will always feel heard in that environment. That's lovely. So what would you say? I'd love to hear if there's been any major, I hate to use the word failure, but any major challenge that you've had within your business that has been a big growing for you. I think the, the first couple of years that we were in business, we came into this with no real prior business experience at all. 
So we'd been traveling around the world and we were actually in Turkey when we decided, hey, I think we have the beginnings of a business here. And like, okay, well, what do we do? Uh, we need to find someone who can teach us how to run a business, which is exactly what we did. We found a great apartment in Turkey to live for six months. We found ourselves a business coach who taught us how to run an online business. And the first couple of years were probably the hardest few years of my life. I have, I have been through a lot in my life. Like I've struggled with depression, anxiety for a lot of my life. Um, yeah, had a lot of challenges in my life and by far learning how to run a business on the other side of the world with no other support besides my coach and my partner was, yeah, not knowing how I was going to make ends meet, not knowing how we were going to put food on the table the next Mm -hmm. month. You know, we had quit our jobs. We were traveling on savings, which were quickly dwindling, especially after hiring um, a very high priced business coach. And it was just the pressure to survive. Mm. Yeah. That God, was the probably- impact of that. And then being in that with your inner relationship with that as well, like, holy hell, I can't even imagine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we really put ourselves in the fire. <laughs> yeah. It was make or break. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I think one of the learnings from that was loosening our expectations of what business should have looked like. I think for us, we expected to be making six figures, seven figures by the end of our first year. And I think it's so easy to fall into that based on the way that we see other coaches or the marketing around people's businesses. Mm -hmm. You know, these success stories of how people did it in three months. But what you don't know is that they were already working in the industry and they had all of these contacts or they're just a complete fucking unicorn. Yeah. And, (laughs) And those expectations will make that growth period so much harder than it needs to be mm. because on top of how we're going to make ends meet and wow the learning curve is like this perpendicular um you know we already had enough going on but on top of that we put and we're failing this mm. this should look different we should be somewhere other than where we are and i think that just suffocated us for for quite a few years where yeah. it really did make that as opposed to just enjoying and being okay with where we were at like we were making ends meet we were able to support ourselves we didn't borrow any money to build our business so you know in many ways we were we were succeeding you know we were profitable very very quickly and so but we couldn't see that at the time because we had these expectations mm. and they were in many ways sucking the joy out of the whole process it, it sounds very cliched but we weren't enjoying the journey yeah yeah, there yeah. was this this goal out in the future and this huge expectation and pressure to get there, to make it. Mm. When I get there, then I'll get to feel good. Once we have X amount of money in the bank or once we have X amount of clients, then I'll get to feel good. Mm. I think that's been one of the biggest lessons over the past couple of years is that, again, as cliche as it sounds, like you have to be here and now. You yeah, have to be in enjoying the journey. You have Mm. to be acting from a place of I'm doing this because I feel it feels good to do this instead of I'm trying to get somewhere and then I get to feel good. I'll be happy when. (laughs) And that ironically is when, I mean, I won't say this is what changed it because you know, the truth is we're in our fourth year of business now. It's also just, we've been building a client base consistently and our reputation and momentum, but also we've seen a huge shift this year because not simply because, but 
we started to prioritize what do we want our business to feel like? What are the passion projects we've always wanted to do? So I've always wanted to write a book. This year I've written a book coming out in April next year. Um, we've always wanted to do couples workshops. So this year we just started running couples workshops. We've always wanted to do a retreat. So in February next year, we're running a retreat. And wouldn't you know it, our business has doubled this year in, in terms of revenue, tripled in profit. And I won't say it's simply because we just started doing what we loved. That would be oversimplistic. But I think there is a lot to be said for we stopped worrying about what we should be doing and what was going to like, because we, we were told we had to have an online course. So we made an online course and we, we struggled through it and it, it didn't take off like we hoped it would. Whereas the things that we felt really good about and really passionate about have been really successful. So I think that has been a really big learning for us mm. is finding what is good for us, what really connecting to our why of why we started the business and allowing that to shape our business decisions. And that's key. Like when you have that positive energy behind it, then then any challenge that comes up, you can so easily overcome it and it mm. doesn't feel like you're just pushing shit uphill. It's actually that this is exciting and this is happening. It's all fun. Whereas I think, and even the, from a business perspective, that strategies of just trying new things and implementing and yeah. launching new offerings, yeah. I think is massive. Yeah. Whereas people yeah. often get stuck in that place of nothing's working and then they yeah. don't do anything from that place. Whereas yeah. if it's like, well, let's just see what else we could try. Yeah. I think also, you know, there's a lot of noise in terms of like all the business coaches, like this is the way, like you, you know, you've got to have a funnel or you've got to be posting 10 times a day on social media or you've got to be doing this and you've got to be doing that. And as a new business owner, it's so overwhelming because mm -hmm. you don't know what you're doing and, but all these people seem to have the answers. It's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I've got to build a funnel and yeah, okay, I've got to run a five-day challenge or I've got to do this and that. And it just becomes so overwhelming and, yeah, the sort of self-defeating feelings that come mm -hmm. up is like, oh, I have to be doing all of these things. And absolutely there's a time and place for all of those things, but I think it just takes experience and time to really understand that those are the things that worked for those people. Mm -hmm. And what works for me may be different and just focusing on what actually feels good. Again, mm -hmm. just coming back to that. I want my business to feel good. I want to enjoy working in and on my business. And so if it feels good to try creating a funnel then cool, go do that. If it feels good to be posting on social media, cool, go do that. But just learning to really honor your own inner voice and mm -hmm. where you're being compelled to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, like, and go get support with that. Like we run a lot more workshops this year. So we went and got support. We went and got coaching around how to successfully run workshops. But we didn't do that because somebody else convinced us that we had to be doing workshops. That was a genuine interest for us and mm. something that we really felt was good for our business. So I think, and as Ruth says, it just, it does take time and experience to work that out. Mm. And I just like, when I think about, really doing the work. Like I just love that you guys are in it and you're challenging yourself and you're growing, you're building that awareness around your own relationship as well as with the business relationship and the support that you give your clients. But then also too, like I love it how when you think about building a, a relationship and having the foundations in place, you then go and throw in the fact that you don't actually have a stable place where you live. <laughs> like you do. <laughs> like that just blows my mind. Like putting in financial pressures and then, you know, running a business together and then you house it. 
Yeah, we have super yeah. time. So yeah. we move we move once a month, but that might be a couple like last week we moved twice. Once yeah, we moved twice. So we, we yeah, we live out of a suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is, you know, we put ourselves in the deep end with, with this whole way that we live life. Yeah. yeah it, it's the, nothing stable about it. Mm. Um but for us that works. I mean for us we we when we came back to Australia after being in Turkey we weren't ready to settle down in one place and we're still not like next year we're moving to Mexico because we want to be in Mexico and we can because the house sitting allowed us to do that and again it wouldn't work for other people but we had to find what works for us and it comes with a cost absolutely moving twice in one week is very challenging for the business when you're also running workshops and writing a book and all of these kinds of things um, but it's what fit our lifestyle and so we got clear on that vision and and what we want for ourselves yeah, yeah you know it's not easy but <laughs> anything worthwhile is not easy it's certainly interesting yeah <laughs> <laughs> it does mean that we have that our relationship is just i mean our relationship is our home mm. we don't we don't have a house we don't have a physical home our relationship is our home um we call it our relationship sanctuary or our relationship crib you know it's this place that we can come home to and so we feel solid even though we move once a month mm. awesome i just think it's awesome um <laughs> throwing all of that in together and it's really pushing yourself to actually do you know talk the talk and walk the walk right mm. like it's so important i think you see so many people doing the online thing and making you know and i love the fact also too that you're challenging the norm of what it, business has to be or relationships have to be it's throw let's throw it all in and just see what happens <laughs> and i think yeah i feel really good about us walking our talk as well because like one of the mm. core components that we teach both just our one-on-one -on -one clients and the couples is you get to decide like you get to decide and design every aspect of your life and it, we've existed in a culture that has tried to limit us or does effectively limit us in so many ways, mm. programs us to believe what we are and aren't capable of. And you know, we help people bust through that because we continually push ourselves to bust mm. through that programming too. Like we get to decide exactly what this looks like and that's exciting and scary as fuck at the same time. Mm. It's like, wow, the sky's the limit. Awesome. But yeah. You do have to work for it mm. um and it doesn't, that work doesn't have to be struggle but you know i think for us again that really sobering realization of yeah it's taken us sort of four years to get our business to a point where we really feel it's thriving and that's okay so yeah we get to design it and it's okay that that takes work and, mm. and grit and gumption you're not doing it wrong if it doesn't just instantly manifest for you on your on your doorstep yeah and it, all the all the good things are take effort worth yeah. fighting for Absolutely. Play the long game. So play the long game. Yeah. I'd love to know what are you excited about for in 2019? It's such a good year. <laughs> it's such a good year. We get married in Thailand in wow. March. Yeah. Twice. <laughs> you have to explain that. I have to explain that. Yeah. We're having our ceremony in Thailand, but it won't be legal. So we're getting legally married in Hawaii, just the two of us. Nice. Uh, then we Mexico. Then our book is being released. So we haven't we haven't released the title of the book yet, but if people are interested in hearing about it, they can follow us on social media or join our email list. Then yeah, we're in Mexico 
we're also running a retreat in February. That's even before we get married. Mm -hmm. We're running a very first couples retreat. We're doing like a VIP weekend in northern New South Wales, which we're really excited about. Again, join the email list or follow us on social media to hear about that. Those details will drop this week, actually. Awesome. So just some things that have been on our big vision board for a while. Like we've been engaged, what, four years? Yeah. <laughs> it's time to get married. Yay. Um, and like I said, running retreats is something that we've, we've always wanted to do. And, and it's that feeling of like, are we ready for this? It feels scary, but you don't want to wait too long. Cause if it's like, Oh, it doesn't feel, it, it doesn't feel scary anymore. You've waited too long and you've kind of lost the passion for right. it. So there's just lots of really cool big picture big goal stuff happening next year and that's just the first six months who knows what yeah i think it's, it's kind of a bit of a blank slate after that yeah because we're just sort of building towards either oh, the retreat and the book and wow we're getting married and then we're moving to mexico like whoa yeah. our world is about to get turned upside down mm. like we've been living back here in australia for what three or three four years, years yeah. three years and you know even though it's been chaotic with the house sitting it's still we've established a pattern of how we live mm. and that's about to completely change next year. So there's also scope for, I don't know what's going to happen after that. Mm. <laughs> Which is kind of how we like it. Yeah. I must admit we are sort of addicted to that. Mystery. <laughs> <laughs> that is just awesome. So you've just so generously um, given us an opportunity to get access to one of your courses. So can you tell us a little bit about your conflict to connection course? Yes. This is one of the core components that we teach our couples. So we have a, an online group mentoring program called Rockstar Relationship. It's a six-month group mentoring program. And at the heart of that is this conflict to connection framework. So as we've been speaking about in our call today, this is really a step-by-step -step process of how you get to the heart of issues, how you go from the bickering, he said, she said, I'm right, you're wrong, how do we get underneath that and how do we come to connection and how do we collaborate from that place to solve the problem, quote unquote, problem together, as opposed to drawing the battle lines and, and fighting. So yeah, this is really at the heart of, so a big part of the heart of what we teach our couples and everyone needs to know this mm. because like once you nail this in your intimate relationship and in every relationship in your life, everything changes. Mm. The ability to be able to hear and understand and get each other. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much yeah. for giving yeah. us yeah. to jump into that. It's exciting. Mm. Awesome. So and if people want to get in touch with you, how do they connect with you? Yes. On the socials, we're on Facebook and Instagram as Practical Intimacy. Also, people can head over to our website, practicalintimacy.com. We have blogs. We have videos over there. Um, they could also get in touch with us by sending us an email if people wanted to chat or even PM. We have a lot of people PM us privately um, for that kind of one-on-one -on -one support. So feel free to email us, hello at practicalintimacy.com. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for today. I really appreciate all the beautiful, amazing knowledge that you've given us today, all the insights and the um, hilarity around creating a relationship while you're moving around the world. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. This has been so fun. Yeah. Thank you. It's been my absolute pleasure. So I cannot wait to share all of this with all of my listeners. And Noah, and best of luck for your wedding next year and also to for Mexico. Very excited. Yay. <laughs> awesome. 
Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Next Level Life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode, so please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week, and here's to taking your life to the next level.